Hey, I'm Pastor Joel, and just want to say thank you for downloading or streaming this message today. My prayer for you is that you're blessed by the content that you hear. As a church, our desire is to make disciples of Jesus, and we do that by helping people to trust and follow Him in every aspect of their daily life. So if this is something that blesses you, we just hope that you'll feel free to share this with others so that they might be encouraged and challenged by it as well. The way we express the love of Jesus Christ and the passion that He had is that we go out there and we serve others. We go to the out-of-bound places, the ends of the earth. The world is changing, but the gospel doesn't change. The message of the cross doesn't change. We're going to make every effort to share the gospel. The world has been decimated by COVID-19, but the work here at Samaritan's Purse, it never stops. No greater need and no greater time than right now for us to go out and serve boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. And we do it through Operation Christmas Shop. It's a platform that God has given Samaritan's Purse to share the gospel more than 10 million times every year. Jesus loves you. The wonderment of it is that the child's encounter is not with material things. By faith, the encounter is with things unseen, and they're receiving that for the very first time. From the shoebox to the greatest journey, this is the Great Commission. During this pandemic, during all the fear that COVID-19 has brought to the world, this is when we go out and share the truth. Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have a job to do. This is what these shoeboxes are all about, going out in the heart of this darkness, the heart of this virus, to go out in the bring of hope of Jesus Christ around the world. Is there a sense of urgency? Yes, there is. Because there's kids out there without the knowledge and the hope of Jesus Christ. Get out there to be a part of this. Right now, it's the time. This morning, we have invited a special guest to be a part of our service. Instead of me speaking today, you are going to hear from a young lady named Yulia Shubina, and she is going to come and share with us, and she has a special testimony about the ministry of Operation Christmas Child and how it's impacted her life. So if you will, would you give a warm Grace Fellowship Church welcome to Yulia. Good morning, Grace Fellowship Church. Thank you so much for this opportunity to come and share with you the testimony that God has written upon my life through a simple Operation Christmas Child shoebox gift. I want to start by quoting Psalm 66, 16. Come and hear what he has done for my soul. So as Pastor Joel said, my name is Yulia, and I'm a shoebox recipient. My story originates in a country in Central Asia that is close to the gospel. I wish I could tell you the name of the country that I'm from, but for security reasons and also for the sake of my relatives who are still living in that part of the world, I can't. 
But I can tell you that my country used to be part of the Soviet Union and my native language is Russian. So you can make your guesses from there. <laughs> But I can also tell you that in my country, on paper, you have all kinds of religious freedom. If you travel there, if you ask anybody um, from that country, they will tell you, yes, we have religious freedom. Yes, you can, you can believe whatever you want to. But in reality, it is unlawful to be a follower and witness of Jesus Christ. And it is unlawful to have the word of God in your home. But we know that John 1.5 is true. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Following the fall of the Soviet Union, as I mentioned, that my country is to be a part of, there was a deficit and scarcity of anything and everything you can think of. And I, when I say anything and everything, literally, from food to clothes to even toys, and I actually don't remember this, but my mom shared with my sister and I that she used to stand for hours in lines at a grocery store in order to exchange ration coupons for necessities such as flour, sugar, oil. My dad, too, stood in lines, only different kinds. For him, he stood in line at a gas station in order to get propane, not even regular gas for his car. And if you know anything about propane, having three tanks of it on top of your car is not a safe thing to do. And I have a specific memory etched in my mind. I remember it was a hot summer or fall day, and my sister and I were play, playing at this gas station, and after what it seemed like eternity, I tapped my dad on the shoulder and I said, can we go home? And he looked around and said, can you and your sister play a little bit longer because I'm still waiting in line. I still haven't gone propane for my car. And if you have been to developing or third world countries, you know that gas stations there are nothing like gas stations here. There are no convenience stores attached. There are no snacks to purchase. There are no bathrooms to use. In our case, it was concrete walls separating the gas pumps and then also very, very dusty area. But again, as we know that God shines in the darkness and God also used that difficult for my country a time to create a window of opportunity, just a short period of time, just a number of years when the government of my country remained watchful yet allowed foreigners access in. And many missionaries, many nonprofit organizations took opportunity of that window of opportunity and came in into my country not only to meet the physical needs of the people, but also the spiritual needs. Under the excuse of being businessmen or teachers, they were also doing ministry. And among those present on the ground was Samaritan's Purse, not just helping, not just providing physical aid, but everything they were doing, they were doing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end of 2001, by the grace of God, Samaritan Spurs got permission to fly in a huge cargo airplane that brought thousands of Operation Christmas Child shoebox gifts to children in Central Asia. And behind me on the slide, you see the actual plane that brought those shoebox gifts landing on the runway. But what I want to share with you about this airlift, it was a miracle. It was a miracle on the sending end as well as the receiving end because what happened in 2001? 
9-11. The country was in mourning, the country was in shock. And so this airlift almost did not take place. But after some ministry, after some prayer, JFK Port Authority, this is where the plane took off from, has allowed Samaritan's Purse to send an airplane with shoebox gifts to Central Asia. It was also a miracle on the receiving end because the plane was so big, the regular commercial airport in my country could not receive it. But again, by the grace of God, Samaritan's Purse received permission to land it at a military base in my country. And if you pay close attention to the people who are featured in that picture, they're actually all wearing military uniforms. So the very government officials who were against Christians coming in were the ones unloading the plane of shoebox gifts. God has a sense of humor sometimes. But after the shoebox gifts cleared customs or cleared whatever they needed to clear, um, my dad was actually one of the people who had the opportunity to transport them from where they cleared customs to children in villages, in clinics, and um, other places throughout the country. And after they were done with all the outreach events, Samaritan's Purse staff and volunteers did not want to miss an opportunity to also minister to the families of those who were volunteering with them. And my dad did both transportation of the shoebox gifts as well as interpretation. And so after they were done with all of those outreach events, they asked my father how many children he had at home. And when he said that he had two daughters, my sister and I, and he shared the age of um, us at that time, they gave him two shoebox gifts to bring home. And right there, you can tell that my outreach event was unlike outreach events you typically hear about or see in the video. And I want to reiterate the reason why it was different. First of all, I come from a sensitive country. We could not gather children like we're gathered here right now. And if if you hear the gospel, if you get the shoebox gifts, by the time you enter the door, you all will get in trouble. So for that reason, in my country, they could not hold outreach events like in countries that are open to the gospel. And another reason, as I mentioned, they did not want to miss an opportunity to minister to the families of those who were serving with them at that time. So for those two reasons, my outreach event happened not in a school, not on a field, not in a church, but in the safety of my living room. But nonetheless, that did not diminish the impact of the shoebox gift. Because I still remember when I closed my eyes, I was nine years old, the doorbell rang. I knew dad was coming home. So I ran across the long hallway. We had a red carpet. And of course, per mom, per mom and dad's um, instruction, you never open the door until you look through the pupil. And as I looked through the pupil, I saw my dad hold two beautiful gifts. And as I opened the door, my dad just stretched his hand and said, pick one. Now, me being the little sister, the one who always gets the leftovers, the hand-me-downs, I had the opportunity to reach for the bigger out of the two shoeboxes. And I remember reaching for a plastic purple container. In my country at that time, there were no plastic containers. And this one on top of being plastic container was also purple. And I remember as I grabbed that shoebox gift, I smelled it and it smelled like America. <laughs> I wish I could tell you in words what America smelled like, but for me, it was the sweetest smell, the newest smell that I have ever smelled. So immediately I knew this is not a gift from mom and dad, but I remember looking at my father and asking him, who is this from? 
And he looked back at me and he said in a very serious voice, it is from somebody in the United States who decided to bless you. And I remember as a nine-year-old Yulia, I got even more confused by my dad's answer than, than the question I was asking. I remember looking back at him and asking, why, why would somebody send me a gift? And how did that somebody find me? But while I was trying to reason out the answer, my sister came to the door and she reached for the other shoebox gift. And hers came in an actual shoebox, cardboard box, wrapped in Christmas paper, and I still remember the paper. It was red, and it had uh, white letters written on it, ho, ho, ho. And I just remember my sister and I were so excited to receive those two shoebox gifts, and as a family of four, we placed them on the floor of our living room, and I just still remember the smiles of my parents, excited with us, their daughters, to discover what treasures were waiting for us. But my sister and I, thought we have received the greatest treasures in the world. And so for a few moments, we were afraid to open our shoeboxes because we wanted for everything, including the white Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child tape, to stay exactly the way it came. But we were children, and we had to find out what was inside. So I remember carefully squatting down on the level where the lid met the box and carefully cutting through the tape. And as I did that, I remember my mom telling my sister, be careful peeling off the tape so that we can reuse Christmas paper for the f in the future, because in our country at that time, you could not find Christmas paper. So for us, the plastic purple container, that shoebox, cardboard shoebox gift wrapped in Christmas paper were gifts in and of themselves. But finally, we got there, we lifted the lids off top of our shoebox gifts, and this was the very first item. Okay, you guys, let's try this again. And this oh, was the very first item right at the very top. This was the nicest, the softest, the most quality toy that I have ever had. Prior to that, the toys that my sister and I had growing up they were poor quality and some were even scary. So for me to find this stuffed puppy dog was like finding a treasure. And of course I did not want to share it with anybody. This was mine. I received it in my shoebox gift, but I had to with my sister as well as with my cousins. Whenever we would go to our cousins, we usually bring him with us in a, in a bag and then they would have him for a week or two at a time, or whenever next time we meet up, we would have to have him back. And of course, our friends in the neighborhood also learned about the stuffed puppy, puppy dog. But for them to get their turn playing and petting with it, they had to climb eight flights of stairs because we lived on the eighth floor of a 12-story apartment building, and I never took this precious toy outside because I was afraid that it would either get dirty or it would get stolen. So if you were one of my friends, you had to earn your right by climbing eight flights of stairs. But what I want to point out, this stuffed puppy dog is 19 years old because it is the original one that came in my shoebox gift at the end of 2001. If you want to take a closer look at it or hold it, please do so at your own risk because I have never washed it. <laughs> There was another item in my shoebox gift that really stood out to me, but when I first pulled it out, I had no idea what it was or how to use it. So I'm going to describe it to you and let's see if you know what it is. It was a pink screen, it had two white knobs, and it wasn't working. Etch-a-Sketch! 
When I pulled this toy out of my shoebox gift, I had no idea what it was or how to use it, but it was pretty, So, and it came in my shoebox gift, so it had to be good for something. My sister and I kept pushing down the knobs, and of course nothing was happening, and we decided to display it on our shelf, thinking it was a souvenir that came from the United States. Until one day, I don't know how much time has passed, but my sister was do doing the chores and dusting the items on the shelf, and she accidentally twisted instead of pushed down the knobs. I remember her running to me saying, Yulia, I figured this toy out. She showed me how the lines on the screen were going up and down when you twist instead of push down the knobs. That's how we discovered what an Etch-A-Sketch was. Of course, after that, we did not put it back on the shelf. We were so excited about it. We brought it with us to school. We introduced Etch-A-Sketch to our uh, friends in the classroom. We played so much with it, we literally ended up breaking it. So this is not the original one, but an exact replica thanks to eBay. <laughs> But I honestly, I, as I unpacked the shoebox gift item by item, every single one of them was so special. And there were quite a few items that I had never seen before or was afraid to use. For example, there was a pack of three glittery pencils. I've never seen glittery pencils before. I remember giving one to my cousin, one to my sister, and keeping one for myself. And I displayed it in the middle of the pencil holder that I had, and I never used it for what it actually was. I just had it displayed because it was too pretty for me to use. But as much as I loved every single item that came in my shoebox gift, the item that has had the most impact on me was actually a piece of blue notebook paper. It was a letter from Katie, a girl from North Carolina who packed my shoebox gift. And I don't know if you can see or can read the, uh, the words, but she said, she wrote a very simple note, but you will see why it has had such a big impact on my life. To my special friend, I hope you have Merry Christmas. I know you like my present. I think it's nice. I like that Katie knew that her gift was so nice and so quality. My favorite is the dog. He makes me feel happy. I am praying for you. God loves you, Katie. And when I got to those last two sentences and translated them, I remember wondering why would somebody who doesn't know me, who has never met me, would not only bless me with an incredible quality shoebox gift, but also pray for me to this God who loves and cares for me. And at that time, I did not understand the full meaning of those words, but I couldn't help and tag them away in my heart and ponder them for years. Who is this God? How do I get to know him? And why does he love me when I haven't done anything? At the end of the letter, Katie also included a return address, and I need to give my dad credits for, um, for what happened next, because for about next six months, my dad kept asking me, have you written Katie a thank you letter? And every time my father would ask me this question, I would dismiss it, telling him, our mail system is so corrupt, even if I send the letter, she probably would never receive it. Plus, my English at that time was not good, so even if I tried to write something, she probably would not have even understood. 
But my dad kept being persistent with his questions. So I finally sat down about six months since receiving a shoebox gift, wrote a very simple letter back and used my grandparents' mailbox address because we didn't even have our own mailbox. I sent it off and I honestly forgot about it until I got a phone call from my grandmother several weeks later saying, Yulia, there is a blue envelope. In my country, we only use white envelopes. So blue envelope was something exciting. <laughs> and she said, it, it's completely soaked through with glitter. And it says that it came from USA, from United States of America. <laughs> and I remember being so confused on the other side of the phone. Grandma, I don't know anybody in USA. And she said, well, it has your name. And it clearly says it came from USA. Of course, my curiosity skyrocketed. I went over to my grandparents' house, and when I got the letter, I realized that Katie not only received my letter, but also sent another one back. And that laid the ground for Katie and I to become pen pal friends. And for the next number of years, we would exchange snail mail. And the reason we had to use snail mail, because at that time I did not have computer or email address. So our only other option was snail mail, which now I'm grateful for because I get to have physical copies. And every time I pulled out, especially a colorful envelope out of the mailbox, I knew that Katie was writing to me. I would bring every single one of these letters with me to school. I would tell my friends about this friend I had all the way in the United States. But today, when I look back, I realize that the most exciting part about this pen pal friendship wasn't the fact that Katie was writing to me from the United States, but she was faithful to conclude all of these letters with those same words, I am praying for you. And for years, I continued to wonder, why is the stranger from halfway across the world continues to be my friend, but most importantly, continues to pray for me to this God that she says loves and cares for me. And I remember carrying those words, carrying those questions in my heart for years. Fast forward a few years in early 2000s, severe persecution began in my country and all the foreigners, all the missionaries were forced out or their visas weren't renewed. And I remember my parents setting my sister and I down and telling us that we are going to move to Russia. And Russia is not a country I have ever imagined myself living just because Central Asia is so different culture-wise. And of course, by that time, I was a, a teenager. I had all of my close friends. So as my family made a move to Russia, Katie and I lost contact because of the move and because she went off to college. But after a year in Russia, I did my sophomore year there, the Lord opened the door for me to come to the United States to be a foreign exchange student for my junior year. And at that time, all I cared about is that I was finally coming to the country of my dreams. But little did I realize what God had in store for me, because when I arrived here, I found myself living with a Christian host family, attending a Christian school. And that is when the Lord began to soften my heart and sprout to the surface the seeds that were planted in it 
through the Shubhaga's gift, through Katie's letters and prayers, as well as the missionaries who were ministering underground to the people in my country. And on October 25th, 2008, I opened the door of my heart and invited Jesus Christ in. And the verse that comes to mind is Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Once I received Christ in, I realized that all of this time, Christ was knocking at the door of my heart, never forcing himself on me, but instead patiently waiting until I was ready to receive him. And once I did, of course, my life was never the same again. Once I received Christ into my heart, I told him, I want to serve you however and wherever that looks like. Thankfully, that is around that time God allowed me to reconnect with Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child. And at that time, I was living in Denver or outside of Denver, Colorado, and got to go to a pro Operation Christmas Child Processing Center. How many of you have been to one before? Okay, quite a few of you. So for those of you who have not been, imagine Costco or Sims Club, but instead of all the normal items you get there, you see shoeboxes upon shoeboxes upon shoeboxes. And I remember when I first walked in, I was overwhelmed, but in a beautiful sense of the word thinking, I thought my sister and I were the only two people who received shoeboxes. I had no idea about the scope of the ministry. I had no idea that these shoebox gifts were going to literally all parts of the world. At the time when I received mine, I thought somebody packed a shoebox gift and I received it. I did not think about all the in-between steps. But what impressed me the most are, were all the volunteers. And the friend who brought me, I remember asking her, so how much do they get paid? And she looked at me like I came from a different planet. She said, these are all volunteers. They're here after, um, after they get off work or some even take vacation times so that they can come and process shoeboxes. And for me, my mind was blown because I could not understand why would so many people give up so much of their time, so much of their resources to process shoeboxes, to pack shoeboxes, to pray for the children that they most likely will never meet. And that has had such a tremendous impact on my life that I wanted to further get involved with Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child because now I was seeing that this is not just a shoebox gift. I was seeing so many other aspects to the ministry. And thankfully, the Lord, it was the Lord's plan uh, to open the door for me to serve as an intern with them in Boone, North Carolina after I graduated college. And I remember when I came to serve with Samaritan's Purse, I thought, okay, surely now my shoebox puzzle is complete. I received a shoebox gift. I became a believer. I now pack shoeboxes. I even serve with this ministry. The puzzle is complete, right? No. <laughs> when the Lord is involved, he just keeps on adding one piece after another. So just when I thought that my shoebox puzzle was complete, the Lord surprised me with the biggest piece when in October of 2015, I had the opportunity to meet Katie and her parents, the family that sent me this shoebox gift. By um, I, that time, they, well, and still, they do live in North Carolina. We're about only three hours away from each other. But when I went into that weekend, I didn't have any expectations. All I was looking forward to is to meet them face to face and to thank them for the eternal impact that they had on my life through the shoebox gift and through the letters. But when I got out of the car, the mom met me with tears saying, there is one more detail surrounding your shoebox that we have never shared with you. 
And when she, when she said that, I kind of dismissed her comment thinking, she probably will tell me something that I already know. But when we sat down for dinner and they began to share the story of how they packed my shoebox gift, they said, Yulia, prior to your shoebox gift, we have only packed several other ones, but yours stands out the most because Katie was old enough at that time to go to the store herself to pick out all the items and to place them inside the shoebox gift, but they also really wanted to pray for the shoebox gift. And so once they finished packing and began to pray, the family felt burdened to pray specifically that their shoebox gift wouldn't go just to any country in the world, wouldn't go just to any child in the world, but they felt burdened specifically to pray their shoebox gift would go to a country in the world that is close to the gospel, that it would go to a child who does not know the Lord. And their prayers went forward with that plastic purple container and God orchestrated for it to go on that cargo plane headed from my country, specifically during that short wind of opportunity when the foreigners were allowed access in. Not only that, God has also orchestrated for their very shoebox gift to end up in the hands of a nine-year-old Yulia who did not know the Lord and in whose family grandfather was a Muslim. And when I heard that detail, I knew that God hand-picked me for that plastic purple container. And he had it planned all along the way that Katie and I would become pen pal friends, that through this shoebox gift, he would plant one of the seeds for me to years later come into a personal relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And when I heard that specific prayer that the family prayed and how God has very intimately answered that prayer, I knew that he truly knows where every single one of the shoe boxes that you pack, that I pack go. He knows the prayers that you pray. He also knows the prayers that the families and the recipients might be praying. And he also knows the impact that this shoe box gift will have on children. So for now, and I say this carefully, this is where my story ends. I don't know what else God has in store for me, but I have the privilege of serving full-time with Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child. And as part of my role, I actually have the opportunity to hear story upon story upon story of how God works through simple shoebox gifts all over the world. In my role, I have the opportunity to meet other former shoebox recipients and hear how God has worked in their lives through the simple gifts. And together, we want to get up and tell all of you that you are the ones who help to write our testimonies because somebody had to pack a shoebox gift, somebody had to pray over a child, somebody had to serve at a drop-off location, and somebody had to process shoeboxes at a processing center. But even though my story ends here, you've heard from the video that the journey of the shoebox actually continues because in 2019, we have introduced the Greatest Journey Discipleship Program. So the children who receive shoebox gifts are then invited to come back and over a course of 12 lessons, they learn about who Jesus Christ is, how to have an active relationship with him, and, are, and then are equipped to share their faith with their friends and family. And when they graduate from the program, they receive a graduation certificate with their name. And for us, it might be just a piece of paper. But for them, it is something that shows their accomplishment. But most importantly, they receive a New Testament in 
their native language, the greatest treasure, the greatest book that they could receive. And as a result of people, children receiving shoebox gifts, as a result of children going through the greatest journey, we hear testimonies of families being saved, communities being transformed, and churches being planted. But what I want for you to hear today is that none of that is possible without you guys. None of it is possible unless somebody packs a shoebox gift, somebody prays for the child who would receive it, somebody serves at a drop-off location. And I'm so grateful to be standing in front of you and telling one out of millions of testimonies that God made possible because of your faithfulness, because of your obedience to get up, to pack those shoebox gifts, because this year it has been challenging for everybody, but more than ever, children need to hear about the love and hope that we find only in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So in closing, what I want to do, I know thank you is inadequate, and um, as a thank you, what I want to do is to close in prayer over all of you as you continue to serve the Lord here in your community and overseas by packing the shoebox gift. So I would love to pray over you in my native language, Russian. Can I do that? All right, let's bow together. Дорогой Господь, я благодарю Тебя за этот день, за эту возможность поделиться Твоим свидетельством с Твоими братьями и сестрами. Господь, спасибо Тебе за свидетельство, которое Ты пишешь на их жизни. Спасибо, как Ты, за то, что Ты используешь их написать дополнительные свидетельства, расширить Твое, Твое господство, Господи. Я, я благодарю Тебя за них, за этих новых друзей. И я прошу, чтобы Ты продолжал благословлять их, их ресурсы, их таланты. Спасибо за возможность быть с ними сегодня утром. Во имя Иисуса Христа я молю Тебя. Аминь. Аминь. We want to invite you to come and worship with us in person if you live in the Tri-Cities area. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 and 10.45 a.m. at One Fellowship Point in Kingsport, Tennessee. You can also get more information about us from our website or our mobile app. Have a great day.